0: discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code ABSURDITY at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there.
1: Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey everyone, welcome back to Absurdity. I'm Ryan Becker and I'm joined today once again by my fearless or fearful co-host, Tony Anoboli, uh, who is rocking the world's greatest mustache today. (laughs) It depends on the week. That's fair. Whether you're rocking a mustache or whether you're fearless or fearful.
0: Also, yes. It only takes about a week for me to get a mustache now. Same. It's, it's, you know, it's hilarious though, of all the things that I'm most proud about being able to grow, which it's, it requires no effort on my part, um, is the mustache. Cause when I was in high school, I could not do it. I could get like a full beard, but the mustache was always like fuzzy and it wasn't until like college. I think it was my freshman year or sophomore year in college. All of a sudden it was like, like it, it fully grew out. And I was like, I have become a man.
1: <laughs> now you just need to get the mutton chops awesome. going and,
0: uh, you know, just fully embrace your. S- Someone suggested I do mutton I chops. I actually feel like mustache. you probably
1: could pull it off. I'm not even going to lie.
0: I would feel like such a. I mean, hipster, yeah, though. But you could. But I did. Uh, okay, I understand. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Do the do the do the just the the mutton chops and the I pulled it off once. Mm-hmm. You remember at summer yes. camp? Yeah, I do. Yeah, when I came early. Yeah, and I was supposed to be the adventurer because the only costume I had was the actual uniform, or you know, the actual stuff I wore on the the dig. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just went and got like a po- a leopard print uh uh bandana, which I turned into a what what's what, what's the. What's the tie thing that the fancy people wear? Oh, I don't know. Like Fred Fred from... Oh, neckerchief. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Neckerchief. Yeah, a neckerchief, but it's but it's called... Ascot. Um, Ascot. Ascot, yeah. I turned into an Ascot, yeah.
1: Yes, Nat Ascot. I love it.
0: All right, so... to 1800s. <laughs> today's episode is on... 1800s uh, neckwear. Ancient, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> accessory in fashion. Um, and let me just say something. Let me just tell you something, guys. Frills are out. Okay, it is all about the It It is all about trousers now. Let's move on. The seventeen hundreds are over. It is eighteen thirty two. Let us get this done.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, guys, for listening I'm, to absurdity. I'm, I'm done. Uh, it, this has been a great run. Tony is fired. <laughs> <laughs> Everything good must we, come. We to made it. to fifty six. Yeah, pretty good. We're halfway to the like podcast. I'm,
0: I'm proud. I'm dude. It's I'm really good. cool,
1: actually. We're I, seeing a lot more Adventist podcasts pop up, right? Like it's it's actually really mm-hmm. really cool. Um, we've got Bad Venice now, but in the haystack, Adventist Millennial um, Absurdity lead podcast Echo which just released with the Carolina conference. To be fair, I'm in three of the ones that I just named, but still. There's also
0: uh, Ben Lundquist. That's one. Out. Is it already um, out?
1: Did it release this week? I I know don't it's releasing know. soon. So that one will be really cool. It's releasing
0: soon, yeah. but I don't know if it's it's releasing. This week has been insane. If you are, me. if you are a had...
1: in your twenties, look out for Ben Lundquist's podcast because it's going to be perfect for you.
0: Yeah, so. he's he's really right. good. Sorry, you really, you've had a really, really rough
1: really week this week. That was just,
0: uh, just stressful. Just the last couple of weeks. So we're doing a big seminar um, at the church that that I'm helping out. I'm I'm uh, acting as worship pastor. Or seminary and worship pastors. I'm a worship pastor there, and um, yeah, it's it's this is our big theology of worship seminar. Me and and F- Floyd and I are going to be doing it this week, and um, yeah, so I've been working on that all week, and and just had a bunch of meetings and stuff. In the last one, two, three, four, five, in the two weeks, so let's say fourteen days, I've had, I think twenty meetings. Mm. And only two of them have been under an hour. Like everything is just, yeah. So it's, I feel like a pastor again. (laughs) No,
1: no, for real. Actually, I feel like I've done more intentional pastoring work in the last two weeks than I did in the last like two years. So
0: isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy how much more time you actually have to minister when you're not doing the actual work of a pastor? That's
1: very strange. That sounds like an absurdity episode, but not today's episode. Um, no! today's episode. So today that we're recording, nice, this, we're recording this on October 5. You guys will hear this. I think what, October like eight, I guess. Um, today no. it marks eight years since my dad died. So in true Ryan Becker fashion, we've decided to on that day, instead of talking about it, talking about something completely different. So like most well adjusted adults, we're going to avoid
0: that topic altogether. Completely. <laughs> And we're just going to compartmentalize. Uh, so today is probably not even intentionally, just because the both of us our brains work like Wikipedia and we just hyperlink to other things. Yeah, well, even if
1: we wanted to talk about it, like it would still, it would. Yeah, even, we'll, um, we would
0: start about that and end up like, and I'll tell you exactly why the Batman Begins series is the true what. Like that's <laughs> that's.
1: <laughs> so today, uh,
0: in in talk about this new Joker, movie. Um,
1: we're going to be talking about branding, which is great because Tony is currently drinking out of a mug that has a giant logo on it. So this is, it's a, it's, uh, it is a logo.
0: When we start like actually live recording these, I think that'd be a good hundredth episode is like we start like 75th episode or something is like when we, when we do the video recordings in addition to us, that's what we should do. It's just like, you know how ESPN has those double where they're it's, it's the radio or the podcast, but they also are videoing like that's what we should be doing. Um, but that would be a good one for like 75 or a hundred and we'll have to have mugs with like I mean, absurdity on it. You're, I'd be game you're, to you're, do you're, it. It's a picture of you sitting. The problem is I don't have the time to do it. So if anyone wants to volunteer
1: to help out, I don't mind paying someone to do it. It's just a matter of like, cause I have the money to do that now. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just don't have the time to do it myself now. Um, but I'd be game for that. Actually. So speaking of branding, like, um, like I'm currently in the process so. yeah. of talking with some people to see about updating our branding again and getting a more modernized logo, Um, everything that, everything that's been absurdity up to this point has run out of my pocket and now I get to play with a little bit of dollar, you know, a few dollars that are not mine. Um, so we're, we're currently in that process. So you might see a rebrand for absurdity soon. We'll see. I don't know. Rebrand. But let's talk about branding, branding and and specifically branding in the church. So all my graphic design friends, you're going to have a ball Mm. today. You're just going to have a blast.
0: Yeah, this is going to be great.
1: So. Let's let's go ahead and start by just defining the term as we usually do. But what 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 do you consider branding in, in the context of this episode?
0: So in the context of this episode, I think it's kind of the, the more dictionary term. Um, usually we been pretty good about sticking to dictionary terms. Um, so it's the, it's the concept of <clears throat> finding having not just a logo but an entire way of presenting yourself. So that involves uh, programming, that involves structure, it involves uh, connections on uh, media, it involves um, the image that you are sharing with the world. So it it can involve logos or lights or, you know, that's the concept of, of branding. Branding is the image that you are presenting to the world.
1: Yeah. It's the visible aspects of whatever your organization exactly. is or you just as a person.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's why, and that's why like with, with companies, when you screw up, like let's say athletes, a big, a big branding, I mean, branding is everywhere, but let's say with athletes is usually the one that you can kind of see both sides of the coin. Um, Tiger Woods was one of the most successful brands um, for like 10 yeah. years like hugely popular and it was just this idea of success and coolness and you know he was it was a leader in the african-american community because it was like oh you know it's the you know the black guy golfing is so cool and then he had his fun little um shall we say coming out party and where (laughs) several women Decided to come out and say, hey, he's been having affairs with all of us. And then his wife took a golf bat to him in his car. And the brand instantly went away because the image he was projecting to the world had now fundamentally altered. Yeah. Um, Another great example of this is Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant, again, number eight with the Lakers. hugely successful, popular. uh, The new Jordan, you know, had uh, uh, allegedly – was involved in sexual assault and there was a lawsuit and whatever. Um, He changed his number from eight to 24. Now he did it because, Oh, I'm one under 25. It was respect. It was getting closer to Jordan. It was all, no, it was a rebranding. He had to rebrand himself. Um, And so he did that because the, the number eight had been tainted with this. And so, and you know, the crazy thing about that, this is what, this is how successful branding works it worked you know what nobody talks about anymore i don't know we're we're the talking fact about that it kobe bryant we're talking about it now had a well we're talking i'm talking about it specifically but like when people think about kobe bryant they're like oh yeah you won a bunch of you know you had the first one's with shack and they had that no one remembers yeah. this like we only remember tangentially because we're like oh yeah and then he changed this number because of the whole case but then he won another two with pow and everyone and it's like wow that worked mm it like actually really worked. So that's that concept of, of branding of being able to keep completely f- flip your logo, flip your change, uh, change your mentality. And a failed attempt at this would be IHOP, the recent IHOP, IHOP thing, right? Those of you who don't know, well, Becker, explain to our audience group that might not know about I, IHOP, IHOP. Well, I don't actually know like how it all ended. I just stopped
1: seeing IHOP everywhere, but, wasn't like the whole point of it that they were going to start making burgers or bread? Yeah. Right. Breakfast, yeah. burgers, whatever. So
0: so they went, they went from IHOP, international house of pancakes to IHOB. They flipped the P into a B. And so and there was literally like betting pools on what it was going to be for like a, I think a week or something. Was it more than a week? I think it was two weeks, two weeks. They were like, guess everyone, guess everyone, guess And it was supposed to be this big, 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 um, you know, reveal. And then I thought it was going to be, I'll be, I'll fully admit I would have lost a ton of money because I thought it was international house of breakfast, right? It's more than pancakes. Now, now we serve an entire breakfast, which I'm like, that makes sense. Like you do serve an entire breakfast. Like they, they have crepes and, and French toast and all that. And instead they said international house of burgers. And the backlash from that was so strong because they're not known as a burger place like Denny's. They wanted to basically go from being a breakfast place to like a Denny's and basically saying we're open all day. Don't just come to us for breakfast. Right? Like now we want to be focused more on lunch and dinner and which makes sense two meals versus, you know, one, but they did not change their brand. So they literally within, I think again, another week they flipped back and said, huh, just kidding. It was just a promotional stunt and everyone's like yeah no you didn't think that one very hard did you yeah.
1: well and and branding <laughs> so. like is such if you do it well branding is such a powerful way to control the narrative um like you look at you look at kobe right but then you also look at like huge businesses i think Equifax, right we're talking about the ecofax uh, data breach and and everything just last year or yep. was it this year so earlier this year or was it last year i don't even remember now at all it's this year right yeah okay so um Equifax, it's my understanding, I could be wrong on this, but I know there are other companies that have done this, like major companies. Basically, when a company does something really bad or really illegal that taints their name, all they do is change their company name and maybe change a couple of the top top officers, and then they continue doing the exact same thing they were doing before. But no one remembers because the company changed their name. Uh, so, I, and I'm pretty sure Equifax was something before it was Equifax, and something, and um, and they rebranded to Equifax because of um, because of a former scandal. And that's like something that happens all the time. Uh, branding is such a powerful yeah. way to control a narrative, c- control a conversation surrounding your organization or you, or who you are, um, and and really kind of controls public perception when you do it well. If you don't do it well, then you've created <laughs> negative conversation, and that's not technically what you want
0: and it doesn't even have to branding doesn't even have to change your logo or name we talked about this in our in our last episode about nike um or the episode we did about nike like nike you know all of a sudden brought up this Colin Kaepernick thing and Serena Williams thing and the the thing that nobody a lot of people don't realize and aren't talking about is the fact that they had several discrimination lawsuits on the table and they changed the narrative. So even though you're talking about, Oh, I can't believe they did this Kaepernick thing. What you aren't talking about is the fact that women have a glass ceiling in Nike, Yeah, you know, or or allegedly, I don't know if they do or not. I don't know the results of that case and the details of it, but I'm you're not talking about that. Why don't I, because it's not a big story because they should shift in the narrative. And so I think that's a big, and I think the reason why I wanted to kind of talk about branding, um, with the church is that I think our church has a brand. Um, and I think a lot of congregations don't do a good job with their brand. Um, so for those of you who don't know, there's going to be, I think at this annual council or at GC, it's
1: probably going to happen at GC.
0: So, at the next general conference session, um, there's an addendum or something going on where, um, some sort of an official motion, where every, is it Adventist entity or Adventist congregation? Every
1: church. that I, I know for every sure church.
0: every church. See, I'm kind of now wondering not wondering about... Not like hospitals or independent yeah. organizations,
1: but yeah, any, anything related with the denomination inside our...
0: Kind okay, of- so specifically the, like churches and congregations has to display or have the Adventist logo within their logo.
1: Which you can find. I don't think they
0: only have to have, yeah, you can have more than that, but it cannot be less than that. Um and and so that we're going to talk about branding, especially because they want to, you know, a big push right now is for Unity, which is actually especially when it literally comes to this is uniformity. Um but then we can talk about unity versus uniformity one of these days. I think we I've have, done, actually. I've take done many back. episodes on it. Yeah. Um, but that there's the whole point of, like, all right, you want us to all at least be on the same page as far as the brand goes. Um, and I want to talk about that because I think our brand, our, our church already has a brand. Um, and so, Becker, now you've grown up, you and I have grown up on, on separate sides of the country. What is the brand that the church already kind of has – at least in your area. So we can talk about like Florida. and. Are you talking and, about, and are you talking
1: about like logos or are you talking
0: just brand in general? Branding, not just logo, like branding.
1: Um, there's really not a whole lot, honestly. Um, the, the most, the most visible aspect of who we were in Florida was by the, was by the Florida hospital network and Adventist health system. So um, really, as far as branding is concerned, most people just knew us as like Ellen white followers. <laughs> So, you know, there wasn't really anything that was recognizable about our churches. Um, there wasn't anything that really stood out about our congregations or our or organizations. There was nothing like it was just all kind of low key. Um, the branding that I recognize and, and, and kind of identify with Adventism and, and saw this a lot growing up, other than, you know, our actual logo, which is prevalent everywhere, um, the one thing that I always identify with with Adventism is the beasts of Revelation and and the statue in Daniel 2. Um, those are those are yeah. the big two things that you see on posters. And like every time I see one of those beasts the
0: flyers that we hand out yeah. and put in people's windshields. If, if
1: I see one of those beasts, I, I look around. I'm like, there's an Adventist church around here. I can smell it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you, you just know um, the oh, there's one more thing. And this is everywhere, too. Um, crappy
0: graphics from the 80s there's got to be an Adventist church around here somewhere the
1: other the other thing is those those little blue signs that are like the size of uh of speed limits that say uh Adventist church 0.5 miles if you this way and there's like an arrow to it um an arrow pointing to the church so that's, that's the other thing I'm used to kind of seeing but that that's kind of I guess the the basic picture of it there was nothing that really made us stand out or look unique though
0: What was kind of the reputation of the church in, in Florida? Like when you. We
1: have. We're those guys. Was with the, there with the a reputation right? or
0: were, was it just the hospital people?
1: It was all about the hospitals. Everything was through the hospital. You guys are the ones that run those hospitals and you guys are vegetarians, right? Like that's that's basically <laughs> it. Like a lot of yeah. people didn't even know that we go to church on Saturday. That wasn't like a big thing. And. There was, it was, it was mainly you guys are the ones with the hospitals like, okay, so Florida Hospital South in Orlando, which I guess is going to get rebranded to Advent Health something, but, um, Florida Hospital South on their property, just across the street from like the Cancer Institute in the main, like Ginsburg tower, there's a Wendy's and the Wendy's is owned, like it's on property owned by Florida hospital. And that Wendy's is not allowed to sell bacon product, any, any sort of, uh, any sort of bacon products. So like half of Wendy's venue is out the window, but that Wendy's is still successful because it's across the street. But like you can see on the drive through speaker and all over the windows, it says, ba- uh, you know, um, bacon products not served at this location and people get angry, man. Like, I mean, still like, imagine like you've got a loved one in the hospital and you're hungry. So you step out, you're like, Oh yeah, I want a baconator. Right. Like, there's, a, just, there's
0: a Wendy's. I'm gonna get some yeah, comfort I'm gonna, pig.
1: And then, if you're if you're someone who eats that, right? We don't we don't eat that. So they they will go over there and they get angry, like irate. And so that's the other thing that people know us for is you guys are the one. You're the guys are the reason that Wendy's doesn't sell bacon products. That's actually a conversation I've had with total strangers. So,
0: oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Notice there's um, a
1: distinct lack of Jesus in all of those identifiers, but that's neither. So that's what I wanted
0: to point out. Uh, The same thing. I kind of had the same thing growing up in California. um, We have the Glendale hospital, not as big as Florida as far as extensive expansiveness, but it is a big one. Uh, Loma Linda is another big one. As people know us a lot through the hospitals, but a a, a really big one is just the Sabbath thing. That's a a, people really do think we're a cult um, in California. I mean, they know a lot more. There's a lot more adventists in that area so like a lot of people know an adventist Mm. in los angeles i discovered i just thought it was you know common um you know people kind of know about you like there are a lot of adventist churches and there's um it's very diverse there like there's indonesians and filipinos and africans and uh, you know hispanics you know all from all over the globe and so um that's just what I grew up used to. You know, you're going to see the Spanish church. You're going to see the Indonesian church. You're going to see the, um, you know, Korean church. You're going to see like, it's, it's it, you know, Samoans and Tongans, like you're going to be used to seeing like everyone there. Um, and so that was what I was used to. So that's kind of the brand is that, okay, we're very diverse. Um, we're Adventisty and we're kind of cultish. And then the branding that I found in Arizona was, non-existent like people didn't know us that was our brand our brand was like you guys are cult like what are you like i don't even know what you are um i i when i was growing up i went to a homeschooled uh christian co-op center and um their sports group was the big one for this um and literally it was it was insane because I was the first Adventist that anybody in this of over like 400 students, right from from you know elementary school through high school, none of them had ever met an Adventist. Um, Wow. And and so that was uh, you know they they were just they didn't know what to do with me. I was Jew boy. I was you know, I was so different. We did. We I didn't do things on Saturday. Um, We didn't eat meat um uh, we you know they did they had no idea like my dad was asked to to speak for uh the tournament one time because they're like oh, he's a pastor and the coach like freaked out at first because he's like so what do you guys uh believe like he really did think that my dad was going to come in and like do a weird ritual involving like a goat and he's like no no no, we're <laughs> we're mainstream like i'm not going to proselytize don't worry i'm just going to do like a, a short prayer and a thought from like we you know we're he kind of gave like a very basic overview and the guy was like, oh, okay, cool. And what cracked me up is there were Nazarenes in in the group. And so when we actually sat down and talked about what we believe, I was like, oh, you guys are like really close to us. And they're like, yeah, you're really close to us. Um, so we, we Anyway. We were closer than, than even like Catholics were like, we had closer beliefs mm. to them, but they were like the way at one point, uh, uh, some of our other homeschooled Adventists joined and they were like praying for her cause they thought she wasn't Christian, that kind of stuff. Like people just had no clue about the Adventist church. And so it just got in my head. I'm like, we need to do a better job of branding. Um, one of the questions that we had in undergrad was if your church went away, would your community miss you? Would they know you were missing? If all of a sudden your church just disappeared, like poof, and disappeared, would there be a hole in your community? And the reality is for a lot of Adventist churches in Arizona, um, at everywhere. least as everywhere. growing up, and a lot of Adventist churches everywhere, I can't speak to my experience in that, but a lot of, a lot of Adventist churches, if they just, poof, nobody would know, they'd be able to eat bacon more. So they'd be like, why can we eat bacon here now? I don't know, but I'm happy. So... um, I'm, t- I'm going to sleep with that story, man. That's hilarious. You're so, welcome. But that's the reality, is that we have not done a good job branding. And so what do you think about... First off, do you think the Adamus Church should be branding itself? And what do you think about each individual congregation doing it?
1: Um, yes, but I think the branding is something that's spelled out in Scripture, um, which is... Will know the, the world shall know you're my disciples by how you love one another like I think that's kind of the branding we should do and this is this is actually a really good point um in that like the reason that kobe's rebrand and, and number change worked is because he was also successful afterwards right so so um he was able to overshadow the the negative stuff with the positive stuff and this is something that we kind of see all over the place but if you if you aren't successful in what you try to do when you rebrand, then all you will be known for is your failure plus your failure to rebrand. And there's this, there's, there's so there's really there's a really important step for us, which is to be consistent from, uh, from how we are seen to what we do. And I think for Adventist congregations, that tends to look um, a lot more low key. So the other half of church is, you know, what your right hand does. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And so I think there's a really important point to be made in that a lot of what Adventism should seek to do is low key. And there are some things that we do that are low key. Like a lot of people don't realize that we're one of the biggest disaster relief organizations in the world. Um, yeah.
0: uh, well, I can tell you that the countries we go to, the countries know we go to, it, know but yeah, about. It. But like yeah, here in America, yeah, they don't. In yeah. The, in the, in the, yeah, in America, they don't
1: um we ha- Adra is gigantic and there's so so we do have and we have a whole hospital network like everywhere so like medicine is the one thing that we've done really well and i and i appreciate that right it's always it's always better if you're just loving people and then people find out who you are and and so one of the things i tried to do when i was pastoring was you know having my church members volunteer at different nonprofits and and local uh, local charities and stuff But we didn't make a big deal of it. We didn't make a big show of it. I just sent people to go do that. And that worked a lot better, in my opinion, for building a positive reputation of the church. When your members are just actively going out and loving people individually. I do think our churches should be branded because no matter what, I think we're branding ourselves. The question isn't should we or should we have a brand or not have a brand? The question is what is our brand? Because everyone has a brand. I have a brand. You have a brand. Yeah. Like branding is impossible or not having branding is impossible. That's what I meant.
0: Right. Because you're always presenting an image to the world. Yeah. It's just, are you going to control that image or not? Are you going to let them decide? And see that's, and and, so so that's a consistent
1: message. The unique struggle in Adventism then is, well, I guess it's not fully unique, but because of the way our tithe structure works and the way that money flows in our system, smaller congregations have a hard time with branding in general because even if smaller congregations can do the physical work and the actions they don't have the money necessarily to produce uh the visible logo or branding uh style and identity that that would accompany the behavior so all they can do is the behavior which lowers the chance of recognition and thus then you know conversion and and actually having people walk through the doors we're still kind of hidden away and so the the problem with with branding for us is how do we, how do we make a consistent branding so that when people hear the word Adventist or see Adventist, they kind of know what they're associating with. But how do we do that in a way that makes sense for the big churches and the small churches? And right yeah. now with, with the way that the new logo has been designed, which you can actually see if you go to Adventist.org, like you can, you can Google Adventist uh, logo package or whatever, and you can find what the new branding is going to be. I don't think they going to specifically
0: Google that right now. Um,
1: And I mean, it might take a few clicks, but yes, you can find it. I found it before. Uh, It's available for free. You can just download it. Right. And the problem with our branding currently is that we are going, we are making every decision in line with the smallest common denominator. So a lot of our kind of bigger churches that do have some money, that do have some uh, flexibility to do things, uh, they, they are going to be hampered by us trying to make uniform branding across the whole thing. Um, They are going to be asked to sacrifice a bit, which I get it. That's fine. Sacrifice isn't like a terrible thing, right? But it really bothers me because you're effectively handicapping some churches that do need bigger presence or that do need to pour more money into some of this stuff. And instead you're saying, no, you have to do this. And what, what really bothers me is that it becomes harder to differentiate from the Adventist churches and Adventist people that are not doing it well. Like, if, how can I put this? Every Adventist represents the organization, right? So if I'm a part of a church that's doing it well, and there's another church down the road that's doing it terribly, there's no way for me to disassociate from the church that's doing it terribly, uh, that is making terrible statements, that is, you know, Um, whatever that church might be doing or whatever that pastor might be doing, now I'm associated with that. But if I can change my branding, whether it's logo or something else to be a little bit different, then I can differentiate myself from that situation and have people actually give me a shot. Yeah. And I don't see that as lying. I see that as branding. Like I just, that's what that is.
0: I'm with you on that. Um, You know, one of the reasons why paparazzi's exist is because of this idea of branding, because the stars, especially back in the, you know, the golden days of, of Hollywood, you know, everything had to be glamorous. Everything had to be, you know, perfect and everyone wanted their stars to be, um, you know, superheroes and, and just, you know, these Uber mensch and Uber women. Um, And so, the paparazzi all of a sudden then would take pictures of them not looking. It didn't even have to be anything nefarious, you know, it didn't have to be like, oh, they're having, you know, something sorted. All it did was like them not at their best. And then they could either blackmail them, you know, for those photos or just present it to the world and say, see, and everyone would be shocked. (gasps) What? Like, you know, so that entire, that entire, you know, uh, uh, concept I guess because it is a job description but it's more than just a job the concept you know comes from this idea of branding and presenting a consistent image and I think a lot of that is changing as well I think people are looking for more transparency like what you're looking for in a brand you know always evolves and changes and I think for the Adventist Church I think to be more flexible is better personally I'm with you on that where it's like I think a lot of times what we're doing is instead of saying, oh, we're all, you know, this is so we can be all unified. It's like, no, what you're actually doing is just locking everybody down into the failures of the past groups. Like, I got to be honest, there are places in, <clears throat> in just the United States, forget the world, but just the United States where having an Adventist logo is probably not a good idea because of the, the image that past people have presented with that. And oftentimes you have to, you, it, it's irreparable. You know, like you're you're not going to revive that. And so just changing a font, by the way, you can just look up identity.adventist.org. That's the. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Gotcha. But you're good. But you no, found like that you, by doing what by I said. I did new Adventist logo. Yeah. And Ooh, so, fine. All right. You win. No, it's the same um, thing. It's the, it's what you said. No, you I, said know, just I know. Google I know. I know. Adventist logo. Time. And I was like, it worked. Um, um, but yeah. So that's. I just found an a article and then it, it linked me. Point being that you know i think just changing a font isn't going to do that um i was a pastor i was a i was a task force worker on a particular island in the south pacific and um without naming details there are two churches on that island two congregations and there are many churches on that island there are two adventist congregations on that island um And unfortunately, because of the actions of one of those congregations, which was filled with very old, very angry, very traditional, um, I'll just say it, white people, um, (laughs) they have a horrific, the Adventist church and the Adventist community has a horrific reputation on that island. Um, to the point that I trying to do stuff in the community as an Adventist was almost impossible because Ooh. it had been the, the, the reputation had been tarnished so bad. So I had to almost just go as a person. I'm like, oh, I'm friends with this person. Um, and I was very lucky because I could at least associate with uh, the school that I was associated with. And they still had positive memories of that school. Um. But I couldn't say I was with the 7th church. I was like, oh, I'm with the school, and I just wanted to, you know, see if we could do something together. You know, I, just, I want our kids to, and they would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But, yeah. Well, Forcing the other church, because the other church was an amazing congregation that were very open, they are very friendly, you know, very culturally along the lines of that island, if that makes sense. So it wasn't bringing, yeah. you know— How do I say this politically correct? It wasn't bringing a Western European culture and forcing it upon the congregation. It took the basic principles of the Adventist church and melded it with the culture of that Island. And it did an excellent job doing that, but they unfortunately were connected with this other congregation because of a logo and a day that they worshiped on. And so people put the two together and I think what you do when you force them in, and and I might be wrong on this, but what you do is you're hampering, you're locking in future generations for being able to have success or, or forcing them to struggle for success because you're like, no, you have to, you have to, you know, associate with this. And it's like, well, what if you guys have done a horrible job? It's going to make it a lot harder for us.
1: Well, my, so I have two major concerns with rebranding, and especially with forcing the entire world church to kind of go under this, and it's two things. Uh, the first is, I really hate, part of this conversation, I'm well aware that part of the conversation has been, we want our churches to be visible to other Adventists. So if you're an Adventist traveling to another city, another state, another country, we want you to be able to immediately see um, that logo and know that you're home. And, all right, fine, I get it. But why in the world are we still doing things for ourselves? Like, um, why, like, why are we plant churches for other Adventists? In fact, we usually plant churches where Adventists already are, instead of planting churches to create more Christians and and with this missiology or with with an actual mission to be in their community and to make a difference, right? We plant churches where displaced Adventists are. That's what we do. Then, now we're talking about doing a branding package for the entire church so that Adventists will be able to know who we are. But we know who we are. And I am less likely, in fact, when I was pastoring, I let people leave my church because uh, and over, over things where they were uncomfortable, but when they left, I was, they were replaced with like 10 new visitors, right? 10 new people. And what I find is I, I've let people preach on my pulpit that, that were brand new or new were Christians, and so not everything they said was perfectly factually correct. And members took issue with me on that, not a lot, but some. And I said, look, his faith or their faith is budding, and, and for them to be able to boldly proclaim how much they're growing and how much they love Jesus now, even for the stuff they have wrong, that's much bigger for their faith. Your faith is fine In fact, you're not even going to remember this sermon in a week anyway. So why am I going to cater? The fact you can tell
0: that this is not correct Adventist theology means you're probably okay.
1: You're probably, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why, why are you going to discourage someone from being on that path? So that's number one, right? Why are we doing things for other Adventists specifically? That just bothers me. All right, number two, and I fully understand that I run a podcast, actually several podcasts targeting Adventists. I get it. But I do have an evangelistic nature to what I'm doing. Thank you very much. All right, number two. We are removing agency from churches. Now, we're going to get into this in a future episode about the GC and kind of the stuff that's happening with compliance committees and all that, right? So we're going to get into that. And I've talked about some of the power moves that it seems like the GC has been making in the last year. You can go back. I think it's like episode 18 or 19, where I talk about annual council last year with women's ordination and and some of the the unity document and things that are coming up. And we're going to do a follow-up episode this year on this year's annual council soon because it's literally... The week that you're hearing this episode is the week the annual council is happening. But I want to do like a recap of it instead of kind of going into it. So the, the, the thing that we're seeing, one of the beautiful parts of the Adventist church is we are kind of like on this reverse pyramid where our, um, our power is at the bottom and goes all the way up, right? Any member can be a delegate in the GC session if they, you know, if they get involved enough and and become recognized enough, but you don't have to be a president, a pastor, an elder, anything like that. You're a regular member, and you can end up being a delegate and have a vote in what the world church does, right? So our entire power structure has always been that you are at the at, that the local church has the highest agency, right? The local church community, and it is, and everyone above that is just elected officials answering to the constituency below them. So the problem I have with a branding package that everyone now has to follow. Is that that's one more way that we are ceding power to people above us instead of keeping it, um, instead of keeping it below, uh, instead of keeping that power below them. And so I really don't like this idea that people in another country or people in another state or people that haven't been pastoring in decades or people that, you know. Any number of descriptions go here. They don't know my issues. They don't know my context. And now they're telling me how I have to look, how I have to behave, and, and how my church has to act. That really bothers me um, like that really, really bothers me from a systemic level. It's one thing to have conversations about it and to be able to suggest like, Hey, this is kind of what we'd like to do, or this is, this is, we believe this would be more effective if you did it this way, but it just makes absolutely no room. It leaves no room for local congregations to have agency. And we're, 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 slowly watching those, that, that agency and that power erode away from us. Um, because, you know, there are people that have a bone to pick with unions or conferences or churches that are out of compliance. And so we want the we want the GC to be the parent to come in and discipline them. Well, to do that, we have to give the GC more power to do that, which then gives the GC more power to do that in other areas as well. And eventually in areas that we may not even agree with. And I'm not trying to be a fear monger or conspiracy theorist here. Like, that's not I don't wear a tin hat. I have one in the other room, but I don't wear it typically. Um, it, it's, it's only when you those, go out for radio towers. We should be very wary whenever we are ceding major decisions to a body above us. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's my, that's what it boils down to in my mind.
0: I'm with you on that. And I think, you know, the issue, I don't want more power. Understand that's not the issue. The issue is the concept of, are we on the same team because we believe in the same things or are we on the same team because we, have to be that we all act and look the same way. Mm. And this is, to me, it's unbiblical, what's going on. Uh, If you read the book of Acts, there was a group of people that wanted the church to all look and act the same way and required a lot of stipulations and rules for you to be a part of the church. And these were, surprisingly, a group of ex-Pharisees which if you talk to the, uh, <clears throat> the GC, they're, they're very anti-Pharisee, you know. They're, they're against them. They were wrong. They allowed rules and traditions to override their love of Jesus. Uh, but fascinatingly enough, they're taking on the role of the Pharisees in Jerusalem. And the Pharisees in Jerusalem basically wanted to keep Christianity as a branch of Judaism, they consider it to be the true branch of Judaism, but a branch of Judaism nonetheless. Yeah. It is a Jewish religion, and you must become Jew, a Jew, or convert to basically Judaism in order to do that. So specifically involving circumcision, there was a council that met, you can read about it in Acts 15, in Jerusalem, and they had testimonies from Paul, Peter, and you know the big hooplas of the church. And basically when this group came together, the deciding leader said, you know what? Having more rules isn't going to bring us together. So, these are the things we're going to recommend if you are a Christian. Don't stay away from sexual immorality. Don't eat things that have been strangled because of the blood. And don't eat things that have been uh, dedicated to idols. Mm. And that's it. That's it. Notice they're not even talking about. Here's what you have to believe about Jesus. Here's what you have to believe about Jesus. Here's what you have to believe about Jesus. Now, I will admit, other councils, there was a lot of problems, and they needed to have a little bit more than that. But that was the spirit that they came with, the idea that more does not necessarily equal better. Less sometimes is more. And the concept of we're going to put less restrictions because the Holy Spirit is going to work on you. We're going to trust that if you have received the spirit, if you have, that he's going to bring you to the same grace and truth. And they also assumed correct belief and faith. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, we are far, far away. So it's a very different—I understand the concept that they made that decision based on their context, and we are far, far away from that context. But we already have 28 fundamental beliefs. If you believe those 28 things, you're an Adventist. Whether or not you want to call yourself an Adventist or not, that's who you are. If you don't believe those things, you can't really call yourself a Seventh day Adventist. If you don't go to church on Sabbath, right, and don't believe that the Sabbath is a big event, and you don't really think Jesus is coming, and you don't really believe, you know, that the Bible is real, and you don't really believe that, it, then you're not really a Seventh day Adventist. You can follow the traditions, but but what brings us together is our belief in Jesus Christ and, and how we go about that belief and how we interpret the Bible. That's what holds us together. Our, our hermeneutic is so different than other churches. That should be our distinct identity, not even the, the Sabbath and anything, because that all well, came out of how we understand the Bible and how we understand Jesus. All of that came out of our very—not literal, but our very um, ex- expositional— Understanding of the scripture, ex- exegetical understanding of the scripture, that we, that we let the Bible speak for itself. That concept is so radical in Christianity um, that that's why, like I was talking about the Nazarenes, I mean, that's why the Nazarenes and I were like, oh, you do this. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we just let the Bible read it for itself. And it's like, oh, yeah, we do that. And it was so unique that we're like, what the heck? Like, we're, we're so similar. Um, and to me, again, when we go back to branding, what you're doing is you are going against that spirit, those principles that that early church wanted, which is, you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to figure out the details. Yeah, we might have to do a few things here and there, clarify a few things, but every time you over-clarify to beat heresy, all you do is create worse heresy, right? We yep. we pray to saints, and we secede all the power over, or in the, Catholic, the early church, the Catholic church, seceded power to broken men rather than God because of a statement by a very early church fathers, basically said, no, no, no. The church is the one who holds, you know, the the apostles, yeah. you know, the the dynastic, you know, truth that come from the apostle. The church holds the scriptures, and that can interpreted to mean they hold the power. So now the governing body, rather than the Holy Spirit, interpreting the scriptures for you. So that to me, I'm with you on that. It it seems like every time we secede power, not in the sense that I want it and I need to be in control, but rather along the lines of why you're just making more things for us to have to believe to fit into your club instead of saying, hey, if you believe this and you understand God in this way, this is what brings us together.
1: Well, what bothers me about it too, on on all of the, like, I want to like, yes, and everything you're saying here is what we're doing is we're narrowing our product. And when I look at something exactly. like FedEx or Walmart, when I see FedEx or Walmart or anything like that, right? The reason that every Walmart looks the same, every single Walmart employee is, or let's go, uh, Starbucks is even better, actually. Starbucks logo, same everywhere you go. Font is the same, name is the same. Employees wear the same things. You'll see the same kind of design inside. You'll see the the same coffee products inside, the same type of beans used pretty much everywhere, right? The reason that's, that's the case is because Starbucks product is specifically defined, and it's not really a flexible definition. Like, it's this coffee is what we're making, this specific flavor, this specific this is what we're making, and so this is, and this needs to look the same everywhere it is because of who we are. The church's product is not specifically, it is specifically defined, but it's organically um, produced. And so when you're talking about the, the, the two main products I see Christianity selling, right, or Adventism selling, a relationship with Jesus and a life-changing community. And the problem with those two things, when you try to specifically define them, is that the specific definition changes based on local context, culture, and life. So there's absolutely no way for you to give every single adventist or every single christian the same uniform, the same logo, the same de- uh decorations inside your church, the same everything because every single person is different. By def- if you're if you are someone who does um who does who Ooh, this is a good one. Wedding photographers are great. They're giving you the same product, photos, but every photo looks different to the um, to the couple that they're taking photos of. Yeah. Yeah. You still have the same look, so to speak, right? You kind of know that this is that photographer's work, but ultimately every photo set is unique to the couple that it's been given to and done for. And so like there's no way to force branding on every single person that will work. I love the old system where our logo was something that you could access if you didn't have one. And it was just like, yeah, if you need this, we want to empower our smaller organizations or those who want to prioritize a different form of branding by giving them something accessible. But now to say, no, everyone has to do this. I'm really hoping it doesn't end up that way. I'm hoping something changes, right? Like this, I I don't think it's been set. It's not set in stone yet. There is still time for it to change, but I just do not see any value long term or short term in making everyone play along the same lines, narrowing a product that wasn't meant to be narrowed. I think the the road to heaven (laughs) is already narrow enough. Yeah.
0: I'm with you on that. No, I I that's a great line. The road to heaven is already narrow enough. Why yeah. We're narrowing the path to be like, yeah, you can only walk in this lane on the narrow path to heaven. Um, I think the other thing that we're we're seceding when we do this is it's a continual push to be Adventist first and Christian second. Hmm. Right? Or Christian. But that's what we've always been. We're seventh day Adventist. We're, we're Christian second. And it's like, no, Christianity is first. Without Christ, the Adventist church is nothing. We are Christians primarily and Seventh-day Adventists. We are, we are Christians through the Seventh-day Adventist system, not the other way around. I did not get baptized into the Adventist church and became a Christian. I was a Christian, and so I chose to join the Seventh-day Adventist church because I felt like yeah. it brought me to Christ the best way. But I'm going to him. He, I look to him as the author and finisher of our faith, not the other way around. Um, and I think that's a big thing that we need to acknowledge, that we need to to put out. Because the reality is, it's, it's, it's like this. I used to love going to Fry's Electronics. And the reason being is every single Fry's Electronics has a different theme. Every single one. Right. So there's one that has an aliens theme. There's one that has a um, uh, uh, cars theme. There's a bunch of different ones, and yes, they have the same products and everything, but everything is a little bit different, and the reality is one of the things that the Adventist Church that makes it so good is our diversity. Now, I understand what we're talking about. We're making a little bit of a mountain into a molehill, but it's a conceptual. It's a principle. The idea is should churches brand themselves? I'm, I think they should. I think each congregation should be intentional about their brand, Um. That's why community churches are able to do that so well, because they go, we are looking for this community, right? Mm -hmm. And even if you look at churches uh, like Elevation that has a multi-campus site, each campus has their own identity.
1: Yeah, there's some that mean like a movie theater (laughs) or an old, old amphitheater. They
0: don't have to build the exact same building for each one. Um, versus the Mormon church, by the way, Mormons only have, I think, five different tabernacles to choose from. And their liturgy is like dead on. Like you do exactly the same. So that's, I think, the best example of different. Mormon churches aren't built for evangelism per se. They're built for Mormons. Now, are they built, do, do they try to convert people? Yeah, absolutely. But they're built for Mormon. They're not built to to meld to the community. That's why if you've ever seen the Book of Mormon, that's that's the whole premise of this very satirical play. It's not against anti... The funny thing is everyone goes, it's anti-God, anti-religion. I go, no, it's not. It's anti... It's actually anti-colonialism, if you back it up. Now, it, it takes that through... It's a, it's anti-forced religion and and colonialism because it takes that through the, the Mormon church, but it's actually a guy who sees his community's needs... And wants to respond to those needs and so changes up his faith or his organized religion to meet the the needs of the community. But the funny thing is, in doing so, they want to now join his faith and want to consider themselves part of the team. By, By changing his definition of what it meant to be on the team enough, they accepted the basics of that team. And to me, I go, that's the value of the Adventist Church. People don't want to join the Adventist Church because the Adventist Church is the Adventist Church. People join the Adventist Church because the Adventist Church leads you to something greater, or it should. Um, and I think that's the that's the principle that I think is huge and why we should brand ourselves um, as a congregation, as everything. I think that's so important. Um, you know, for people who are listening to this, if you have any influence in your local church— talk to people, find ways, find out what your brand is. If they're doing that, that's awesome. Please, you know, keep it up, but find out what your community thinks of your church. Go out, do surveys, find things, Um, go to your, your city council and ask and just be like, hi, we're from the Stamina's church. Um, We're going to hand out a small survey. If you could just fill this out, you know, this is just take a moment of your time or, you know, here's the link to, to a survey monkey or whatever. We just want to find out what people think about our church. What do you as a community think about us? Because we want to be able to rebrand ourselves to be able to work. And that that's going to change for the South. That's going to change for the Midwest. That's going to change for parts of each state. That's going to change in different parts of of the, you know, the 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 world. Every place is going to be different. You can't attack. And I think when we talk about it, it's interesting you brought up that when you first talked about it. <laughs> you brought up the lions, right? And the beasts of revelation. Uh-huh and what we're finding is that our cookie cutter evangelism that we thought was so great is actually doing more harm than good yep. it's it's doing more harm than good because it is not it is not suited for every culture you can't go, right? They were doing these evangelistic series in England and they just completely flipped the script and they did a completely different way. And they found, and they were finding in one of the hardest places, one of the most difficult countries to do evangelism in, they got like 16 baptisms in a meeting, which is awesome for anywhere in the world. But this is like a place where you get maybe one or two baptisms in a church the entire year. And that's a positive thing. Growth is very limited. And yet they were finding a bunch of stuff because they go, let's find out what people are looking for and need. They weren't looking for these fantastic beasts and where to find them. Um, sorry, that's I see a, what you did there. Yeah, that's yes, a very I see part what of you did there. I want to watch the new movie when it comes out. Um, I had to make I, now. I want to make nerd references every single time because I we, feel like we already
1: did an episode. We already did an episode about this. I know, so but
0: but but I'm like, I want to do it now. I feel pressured to do it. Um, it's absurd that we hadn't done that before. There. I, I got them all in one swoop. Um, you should see the look on Becker's face right now. He's so angry. All right. Focus. ADHD. So the point Sox. to me is people were not... <laughs> go Sox. Go, go Sox. Rock Sox. <laughs> Rock Sox sucks. I don't know. I don't remember. What was it? Gong... That's
1: an inside... Just so we're clear. That's it, an inside yeah. joke between Tony and I. Neither. I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily a Boston fan.
0: Gong Gong, sang, gong Song joke. We had a Boston. Oh, yes. That, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go Sox. Um, Anyway, so people aren't looking, you know, in England for those, those fantastic beasts. In fact, it was, it was worse. That might work in another part of the world where they, you know, that's something that they are, are looking for, but it wasn't working in England. So they, they flipped the script, they tried it a different way, and it worked because they worked within that culture. Um, so, yeah, that's I – think, I think to me, when we talk about branding, I think we need to look – not only as a church to be more flexible and instead focus on the core rather than the details, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. focus on the forest and not the trees. Every tree in the forest is different. They might all be pine trees, but every pine tree looks different. Even in nature, there is no uniformity. And so if God, who is the great designer, did not require uniformity, even in a forest, I think we should focus on that. Is this a tree? Is it a healthy tree? Is it growing? Is it producing? Then don't worry about where the branches are and how high they are, low they are, or are some thick, or is are you know what color shade the fruit? No, focus on is this is this producing healthy fruit? If so, it's part of the team.
1: I am an Adventist because I believe it and I believe in the message, but I don't care about necessarily being associated with Adventism. The only image. That we are called to bear is the image of God, um, and so as far as denominational images are concerned, like I don't really care. It's more of just like a it's more of just like a categorizing thing to me than it is an image bearing thing. Yeah. And so for me, like I, I am. I think our biggest strength lies in our diversity and I think our, our, and and I don't want to see that hampered basically. And I love the Adventist church. I love what we do. I speak out on a lot of this stuff because I care and because I don't think enough people are talking about them. And I want to see us do better in a lot of these areas, but certainly like if I didn't like Adventism, I would leave. Yeah. For reals. But I, but like, I like, I love this church. I'm no intent on leaving. Um, And I want to see us do better in every single area. I want to see me do better as well. So um, with that, we're at the kind of end of this episode. I just wanted to end on that kind of clarification note. It is easy to hear me and hear the conversations like this and think, oh, he's just ragging on the church. That's not it at all. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much any podcatching app. Um, if you do subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave a review. That really helps. Shout out to Justin Janetsko, who did our does our intro music and outro music, but also left a review recently. Shout out to you, my friend. Um, and if you want have any comments, questions, or feedbacks for the show, you can email me, ryan180becker at gmail.com. You can tweet at me, ryan180becker, or you can tweet Tony. Um, Tony, what is your Twitter? Lean forward really quick.
0: At T-O-N-Y underscore A-N-O-B-I-L-E, or just look up the new Dr. Jones.
1: So you can find that in the episode description below. We'll also include a link to the Adventist identity stuff in the episode description. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week. Today's episode of absurdity is sponsored by the haystack. The haystack is a voice for young adults in the seventh day Adventist church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more to check them out. Go to www.thehaystack.org The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.